before we get into today's program, I would love to thank our newest sponsor, Fireplace Transformations, California's premier fireplace restoration expert. If you have a fireplace that's just all right, these guys will upgrade it and make it look amazing. Welcome to the People Doing Good podcast. I am Mariah Volk. And I am Jerry Robinson. And we, Jerry and I, are here to spread positivity by sharing stories of people doing good. And we've been doing it for a couple of years now. Once a week, we find someone doing something amazing in the community and we talk to them about it. And we hope that it can bring you a little positivity in your day during these crazy times. How are you doing, Jerry? Oh, I'm... I'm just dealing with the crazy times. I'm doing good. I, I'm doing good because, you know, the key to to my day is starting my day off right. And I got to do it every day is discipline. And it's, and it's starting off just being thankful, starting off by saying thank you and being grateful and just, 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 just realizing how fortunate I am to, uh, to be where I am. I'm safe. I'm okay. My kids are okay. My family's okay. My friends, uh, they're all okay. So that's how I start my day. You know, that's where I'm at right now. You can't really get away from the news. You really can't. I mean, and because sometimes you need to watch the news, need to hear the news, see what's going on. Okay. And see if there's any changes. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the biggest change, the only change I'm really noticing, you know, just from catching a little bit of news is that the increase in the virus. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's a huge concern for me because, you know, I care about people and um, they're just record breaking days in and out, left and right. And we got this holiday coming up and I just want people to just to be safe and just use your common sense and realize this is no joke. Uh, you know, we're not out of this. Obviously, we're not because every day it's a record breaking amount of cases that uh, <laughs> that come up. So. That, that being said, uh, even with that going on, you know, I still try to keep my spirits up. That's, That's what good. it is. I appreciate that about you, Jerry. That's why I like you. <laughs> uh, what you up well, to, Mariah? What you been up to, young lady? One of the reasons. Um, well, so just a lot of work still. I'm running around. I, today I did my social distance pod with oh, the, yeah. the ninth grade girls. And so, yeah. you know, I get to I visit them at their pod location. And for an hour, we... Um, I have their yoga mats all set up six feet apart and we all mm-hmm. were indoors. We were usually we're at a park, but today because it was supposed to rain, we went indoors. So we wore the masks the whole time and they had a great time. I set up a pickleball. I have a little portable pickleball. <laughs> so they uh-huh. played pickleball and they got all competitive. It was just, it was nice to see them happy and being physical yeah. and we need to step up and really be supportive of them and, and help them during this time. Kids are the most important thing. And that's what this episode is really about today. It's about Catholic charities. And we had April Ramos and Gemma, Jenna Schmidt join us uh, to chat about our collaboration with Shoes for Kids and Catholic Charities. And we are in the process of acquiring 56 new pairs of shoes for all of the housed homeless children. 
at the Catholic Charities facility, currently 56 homeless kids. So we're going to get them all shoes. I'm excited about it. And um, looking forward to you hearing uh, our conversation with Jenna and April from Catholic Charities. Jenna and April, thank you so much for joining Jerry and I today. We're really excited to talk to you about a lot of things. The first thing being our collaboration with Shoes for Kids and the, is it 56 homeless children right now? Is that the right number still? Uh, yes. It, it, yeah, it does fluctuate as people come and go. Um, but yeah, the last time I checked, it was approximately 56 children um, who are experiencing homelessness and in our shelter right now. How many different locations are they being housed in? So those are all at the Family Support Center, um, which is also where our offices are. So that's all the children are in that one location. They're all uh, in that location. We've delivered shoes there quite a few times over the years um, and just kind of dropped off when we had extra or spillover or whatever, but 56. I mean, are you guys at maximum capacity? So I actually think we're a little less right now because there was some um, spacing due to COVID. Um, and we're also not offering right now our crisis beds, which we used to do pre-COVID, where basically the dining room, we would open that up to people who needed shelter for the night. Um, and it's kind of a first come, first serve service. Uh, but right now we're not doing that because that's just too many people in one spot. When people come, there's beds, right? So uh, how long are they allowed to stay? Is there a time limit? Yes. So it's a 180 day stay. Okay. So that's six months. Um, but right now, because of COVID, actually, we did not, uh, we're not exiting people right now. So some people have been there for nine months, 10 months, um, just because we didn't want to exit people out during COVID. Um, so our policies have changed a little bit, obviously, most people have. Um, but yeah, so they stay for six months. We have different room sizes. So there's some communal spaces, um, which is mostly for like, there's a single mom's room, and then there's another communal room where there's just about, I don't know, what is it, April, like 10 bunk beds or something? There are, but because of COVID right now, we only have two or three families in those bunks because they had to space out the, um, we, we can't accommodate as many um, people in those communal living areas. So, and then we have rooms for families of three, four. There's one larger room that um, I think can fit uh, oh, quite a large family. Nine. Um, but yeah, yeah, nine, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let me ask you this too. Um, so now there must be a large, huge waiting list, I would assume. Is yeah, there... so there is, and that's actually not on our side of it. Um, we don't deal with the wait list um, in our okay. rules. Um, so we just work with the families who are experiencing homelessness right. and work on um, housing. But uh, that is a through coordinated entry, which they call that the front door to shelter. Mm -hmm. So basically if someone needs shelter, they go to coordinated entry. Um, and they do a, <laughs> they get scored basically based off of their vulnerability. And that's how they determine who gets in. Essentially, it's going to be the most vulnerable people. So the people who have been homeless the longest, the people who maybe have, uh, you know, more children, less resources, um, stuff like that, more, you know, drug addiction issues, um, mental health issues. So CPS cases, vulnerability. Interesting. And, and with regards to COVID, um, how are you managing? Is everyone wearing a mask inside at all times? Like what are your protocols right now for this? Cause you've got a lot of people in one sp space. Yeah, so we are, everybody is uh, wearing masks. Um, we are doing temperature checks for all the staff and uh, doing the screening when we get to work. 
So there isn't the usual, um, I'm pretty sure. April, do you know what they're doing for dinner now? They are serving dinner, but I don't think, I think they're staggering and families to eat in the dining space because it's a communal dining space. And I think from what I've seen is that they've been a little more lenient on food going back to the room, which hasn't been an option in the past um, for participants to take their food back. So I, I'm not 100% sure because that generally takes place in the evening after um we have all left and case managers are still like, um, you know, Janet was saying, we're mitigating some of the risk by doing temperature checks at the door. When we come in as case managers, um, we're also only staggering staff in um, at a limited capacity. So not everybody is on site at the same time. And, you know, uh, I want to ask you both a couple of questions kind of on a more personal note, because this is a people doing good podcast. It's not just about the organization. It's the people within the organization doing the work on a daily basis. And I think that what you're doing on the daily, you're seeing and dealing with trauma. I want to know first, what got you involved in doing this type of work? You're doing charitable work. Um, and, and how do you personally deal with the heaviness of what you what you deal with on a day-to-day? Like, how do you compartmentalize? So um, for me, I got into this line of work uh, because I have a history of um, drug addiction. And also um, I did experience homelessness. I wouldn't say it was extreme homelessness. I would say it more so went with the the lifestyle I was living, which was um, a lot of partying and couch surfing. (laughs) So, After I had my son and I was able to turn my life around, um, I wanted to just kind of be able to use that life experience to connect with people who are kind of going through those similar things. Um, And I think really, honestly, I think I do feel more comfortable around people who have gone through similar similar experiences. There's just, and for me coming out the other side and just kind of understanding how it feels um, and having a young child, um, it just made me want to get into that line of work. Um, So I was super excited to start with Catholic charities, um, and meet all these wonderful families. Um, and then I, I really honestly have always been okay with, um, kind of separating. This is my job and everybody is, yes, people are going through hardships. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just able to separate it pretty easily. Once I get home, then I focus on my family life. Um, so I really have never been someone that takes, uh, work home with me. Uh, I just do the best I can throughout the day. Um, and just, it's always going to be there the next day. So amazing. I think it's amazing what you did. Thank you for me. Um, I, I came to Catholic charities. I actually have an extensive background in early childhood education and actually worked with, um, children birth to 12 years for many years. I myself, um, never um, personally had struggles with um, drug or alcohol abuse, but I did grow up in a very broken home where my mom um, had severe mental illness and drug and alcohol abuse and use. And so that I remember how it affected me as a child, which gave me this passion to make sure that every child I encountered um, as I became an adult that I I, you know, planted that seed of, of hope and, and encouragement in them. And so that's kind of where, and I have five children of my own. Um, what led me to Catholic Charities was I, I had taken a job um, at CPI, which is our California Parenting Institute here in Sonoma County. And I was working with families going through dependency court. So we kind of built the, the you know, the bridge and um, foundation to help support parents going through these struggles, whether it was, you know, due to, you um, 
domestic violence or drug and alcohol abuse or um, just the lack of um, resources to um, properly parent. Um, I, I work with these families. And so that kind of guided me into this direction of working, you know, within Catholic charities to be able to um, use my experience and knowledge to help not just families experiencing homelessness, but also individuals in our community experiencing homelessness. And um, how I would say, let's see if we're being real, I'm actually not the best at um, not taking my work home, but I have an amazing supervisor who tells me to brush that you know, brush, yeah, <laughs> really good at saying, hey, you know, you can't fix the world. You're doing a great job. Um, but that's just like, that's just my core. I kind of carry things a bit heavy on me because I just mm-hmm. want to. Um, but I, I will say over the years, you know, I'm almost 40. I'm a much better now and much kinder to myself than I have been in the past as far as, you know, self-care and making sure that I can't carry I recognize that I have had an opportunity to make the difference in the lives of others. And that brings me so much joy and I feel proud about it. And so when I'm, I have to remind myself that I can only do what I can do. And, and that it's, it's, it's an ongoing practice for myself to remind myself that, you know, I, it, a lot of, it takes a lot of people to make, to make an impact. And so I'm, I'm just continuing to do my part. So April, you know what is it, 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 really rewarding, isn't it? It's, it's rewarding to be able to do what you ladies are doing. And uh, I can see it in your face and I can hear it in your voice. And um, I have a question for you. Is your supervisor Jenna by any chance? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, she is. <laughs> okay. All right. I just she get, is. That's How did you know? <laughs> in case Very anybody good. was wondering, I just wanted to tie it together. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you for that, Jerry. Thank you. You're she's welcome. a great, she's a great supervisor. Yes. Yes. Lots of support. So, you know, I, yeah, I love, I, I love the work we do. I love, you know, cause I, I myself did not experience homelessness as a child per se, but definitely poverty and at the brink of homelessness as a child and lots of moving around and not a lot of structure and foundation. And so, um, I can, I can, I can relate with the, with the trauma and and what families experience, you know, I, I think, um, there's a lot of power in, in what you both have done and it's more common to repeat the cycle and you guys have broken the cycle in your own lives. And, and I think that's so inspiring. And then to take that and do the work, um, it's just, it's remarkable. And I also have to say what's remarkable is April, when you said you had five kids, I was looking at you across the Zoom screen and you look like you're 18 over Zoom. So I'm not oh, she, she looks like that in her. She looks like that in person too. <laughs> My daughter just turned 18 this weekend. That's funny. Whoa. <laughs> but no, I'm not. Doing something right. Thank you. And to Jenna again, um, I think that it's just what you what you overcame and what you did for your son. Um, is inspiring too and I just love it I love Jerry and I always you know when we get off of our interviews or conversations we'd rather call them we're so inspired by being having 
this platform for people like you and to help inspire people. And the reason we started the podcast was to spread positivity. Let's tell stories that are good about people doing good to turn off the news. There's more good than bad. There really is. And, Mm -hmm. and really, I mean, you're going to, whatever you focus on more, that's really what way your energy is going to go towards. So I think focusing on the positive is really the best choice that anybody can make. Absolutely. So next question. Um, I was looking at your website today and I was, I hadn't thought about this angle and I talked to a lot of my friends. I I have two sons. We're distance learning eighth and ninth graders and my, Mm -hmm. my girlfriends and male friends and I get together and talk about how difficult it is having them at home and doing the distance learning and trying to do a good job. Now you guys are doing distance learning at a shelter. So these kids are not only homeless, but they are distance learning at the shelter. And I wanted you to kind of tell me how you're doing that and structuring it. So that's actually, um, Tony Abramson, uh, who, I don't know if you've spoken to her yet, but she's our, um, she's our youth and children family uh, what is her title, April? God, I should know this. Manager, youth and family manager. <laughs> yeah. So she has actually she's taken on academic. all of the, she's she taken on academic. all of the, yeah, she's taken on all the distance learning. So she's actually set up a really cool thing where in the dining room, um, they have socially distanced tables and they have sign up slots. Um, I think they can only accommodate a certain number per day. Um, but there is also a intern there who's helping uh, to facilitate and help the children when they need help um, with their work. So that's one way they're doing it. Um, she's also been able to communicate with all the schools and make sure they're getting their Chromebooks. If there's any issues with their Chromebooks, they're, she's helping the parents reach out to the school to either get replacements, get new batteries, whatever it might be. Um, we, I mean, really, it's, it's, it's definitely put a big burden on the families. Um, there's really not enough Wi-Fi to go around. Um, doing zoom on video is hard for some of the children. I know one, one child um, actually got permission from his teacher to not do video because he was worried that his classmates would be able to see that it was a shelter because behind him, it's kind of these jail style bunk beds. You know what I mean? Like there are these metal bunk beds. Um, So he actually had a private meeting with the teacher and got permission to not do video. Um, so, I mean, it's a burden. A lot of the, the parents, um, they don't have the equipment that they need to be successful. They're, they're juggling multiple kids in this tiny bedroom. Um, it's hard for them. And some parents, you know, they're trying to figure out how to, how to work, how to increase their income. They can't leave their kids there during the day. So usually when children are at school, that's when parents go to work. Um, so they don't have the luxury of, of having somewhere they can leave their children. They don't have that support that a lot of us have. They don't have the resources for childcare and for kids that are older, they don't even, there's no childcare for them when they're that old. Um, and if you are under 18, you have to have your parent with you at the shelter at all times. Um, and that's unfortunately a rule we can't get around because of liability reasons. So it's a, it's a struggle. It's a really, it's a really tough spot. So Tony is doing a great job trying to get this, um, this academic hub running. Um, but it's still, there's just so many challenges with it. And she's even tried to incorporate some incentives. So gift cards, you know, getting the kids to come in, if they turn in assignments, if they show up, um, they're, they're entered into raffles. I spent some time talking with her last week, how to um, increase attendance to the academic hub so that, you know, the families are utilizing it. And so offering those incentives. But it's, it's really tough. It's a, it's a big challenge. Yeah, that was an interesting when I was reading, I actually saw a video that Tony did on your website and she just seems like she's amazing. Um, yeah, she is amazing. 
some of the work that I do, um, other than this and the shoe stuff is I, I've been traveling around to different, to work with different kids that are in pods and I do their fitness with them and a little bit of counseling. Um, and today just like to the juxtaposition in this, to what you're talking about, this is a pod of, of six ninth grade girls whose families have the resources and are renting a storefront in Sebastopol so that the girls go in, they wear their masks, they're six feet apart for their learning. They have a tutor in there with them. And I come in once a week and I do some physical stuff, a little like PE and a little bit of counseling and talking. And um, so there's just such a stark difference between how some families are, are dealing and, you know, just, it kind of make, makes me sad. I was happy for those girls today that they have that, but you know, not everyone has that. Yeah. It is unfortunate that not everybody can have the same opportunities. It's really right now it's, it's not a uh, fair and equitable amongst everybody. So. Well, you know, um, the, these girls are volunteers for shoes for kids as well. So they're all about giving back. They're aware that they're privileged mm -hmm. and, and they do want to help. So I use them in my program as volunteers and have for years. And so I wanted to lean into the, the collaboration that we're having with you with shoes for kids and getting these shoes. So how did this start, Jenna? You reached out for this, the size 18 shoe, didn't you? Because it was like the biggest shoe I've ever seen in my life. Besides <laughs> when I saw the Lakers play, I saw Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, these, yeah, these boys were, I think, uh, 12 and 13. Yeah, it was size 18, a size 14, yes. So actually, uh, Emily reached out to you. I reached out to her saying, hey, we have these boys here. Um, their clothes are larger and more expensive therefore a bigger burden like is do you have any resources you can tap into and then she uh she reached out to you because i okay. yeah so she let me know about you um yeah and that was amazing i saw those shoes those were beautiful big shoes <laughs> yeah i got up there they were jordans i got them a pair of big white jordans yeah they were nice they were yeah. really nice yeah cool and so then now with the 56, we're trying to, we're working together right now. So you're mm -hmm. sending me emails with lists and we're just, um, I've got, I'm creating an Amazon wish list for the program too. So if anyone listening wants to help and sponsor a child, you can donate money or you can just choose a child or you go straight to the Amazon wish list and just buy a pair. You just press a button. It's really simple. And, and these kids, I mean, they're already so excited. The families I've spoken to about it and kind of just explained to them a little bit about your nonprofit and, you know, kind of explaining to them they can kind of pick out what their ideal color is you know preferred brands um and they're just all so excited for the thought of these brand new shoes because even for for anybody even for myself um shoes are can be a burden i mean those suckers are expensive and they get trashed the after one day you know so and kids yeah. feet grow fast so and some um, of these kids have never owned a pair of shoes brand new you know, know. They, they get hand-me-downs or mm -hmm. so it's you know what's amazing about about this conversation we're having right now is that it it's amazing the little things that you can do for somebody it changes their lives yeah and by people helping us out we get the chance to help people back just like you ladies are doing and it's that hope you get that hope when you get something uh, a new pair of shoes from shoes for kids mm -hmm. Okay, now you have hope. And then all of a sudden, that embarrassment of walking around with the old shoes that you had, mm -hmm. now all of a sudden, you have this confidence and, and, it, and it, 
and, 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 and you have pride in yourself and now you can take that next step to be the best person you can be for that day. So mm -hmm. I just, um, it's all about giving, it's all about giving back. You know, it, it, we're all about making people happy. It, it, it really is. And I'm glad we're working uh, with Catholic charities and you ladies, uh, especially with shoes for kids, because, you know, my, my first trip that I took and handed out a pair of shoes to a young man a couple of years ago, I'm serious. I'm standing at their front door. I handed in the shoes. We had a conversation. We talked, we took some pictures and I'm taking this picture and the tears are just running down my eyes. This kid was so <laughs> excited. And I said, you know what, this is what it's really, that's what it really is all about. And, and nowadays, you know, we have to give back. We need to make, be as happy as you can. If you can make a difference in somebody's life, which you ladies are doing, you guys are making a difference, then that's what it's all about. It really is. I'm excited about it. I'm very excited about, um, about this new relationship that we're, that we're forming and so excited to be able to give these kids um, these shoes. Because it is true, it's, Jerry, it's what you're saying. It does take away that, um, that embarrassment. I mean, how you walk around and present yourself is a big thing. Um, I think we all know the satisfaction we get from getting a new pair of shoes and seeing those nice shoes when you're walking around every day. Um, and these kids, they don't, they don't get to experience that normally. Um, all the kind of the little things that we don't really think about um, are big deals to them. So, so yes, I strongly encourage anybody listening um, that has that desire to give back right now during the holiday season, during COVID, or just because it feels good to do so. Um, I highly recommend this way because it will really bring some joy to some families that are struggling. I just was piggybacking off Jenna. Just, just if, if people have the ability to, to make a, a pair, buy a pair of shoes, it, it seems like a small gesture, but it's actually, it's huge. It's monumental. It's, this is going to be totally, you know, shoe topic, but you know, a couple months back, I got all the way to my son's preschool and realized I had left his shoes at home. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I ran to target, which was only open for people over 55, but I had to get to work and I had to get him to school. <laughs> so I begged the security person to just, I need to just run and grab my son a pair of shoes, got back to the car in the midst of it. I'm like, you know, I'm stressed. I'm late to work. I'm late getting him to his preschool, got his shoes on. And then I, I had, you know, I had to stop and think like, and Jenna reminded me, hey, at least you have the money to just go buy him a new pair of shoes. A lot of people don't. You know, when I had my girls, um, my older girls, you know, in my early 20s, I would have never been able to do that. I would not in a place financially. It would have been a hardship. My kids, I, I didn't have the funds. And so I can relate with families who are who are struggling just to, to get their basic needs met. And so um I think it's, I think it's a wonderful thing. I, I would love to buy a, a child a pair of shoes to donate to this, to this cause, because I, um, I think it's beautiful. I think kids, kids, well, they need shoes on their feet. <laughs> they, they run around, they need to be able to. Yeah. When I started Jenna shoes for kids five years ago, I was a PE teacher and I, um, I've told the story many times because when I go to speak about it, it's how it all began. And, you know, I really had a couple kids that were struggling and they didn't have good shoes. And there was one that loved to run. His dad was in jail. You know, his mom didn't have any money and he has the sole flopping off his shoe. And this kid has no idea that he inspired this program that now has we've handed out thousands of pairs of shoes. And 
you know, to this day, he doesn't know, but I went home that night after I taped the sole on his shoe so he could run. And I started my GoFundMe just to get a couple of pairs of shoes. And what it has become is, um, you know, that day I sent Jerry on his first um, delivery and <laughs> the, the synchronicity with the universe. It was like, I sent him on this delivery, not knowing that he, Jerry's going to go knock on the door. And this kid was a Raider fan. Jerry was a Raider. And can you imagine <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. <laughs> that day, uh, this kid was a diehard Raider fan, and you know his father was thanking me, and he was thanking me for 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 delivering his shoes. I said, you know what? Thank you. I you don't know how this makes me feel, and you know it's really important to to do anything you can and everything you can to help people that are less you know less fortunate than you mm -hmm. are. You know, I mean, if you can mm -hmm. do it, do it because, like I said earlier. It's about that attitude. It's about that. It's the way you walk. It's the way you feel. And, you know, you only have this one day and tomorrow ain't guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So you better enjoy the day today and get something good out of this day. And if by having a new pair of shoes or something is going to make your attitude really positive, you know, during these negative times, then you know what? That's what it's about. Yeah. And, you know, I think right now a lot of people are kind of doing a compulsive shopping on Amazon. I know I might be guilty <laughs> of that. So my suggestion is instead of doing shopping like that and then feeling, you know, guilty for it, go on to your shoes. Amazon and buy some kids some shoes. And then well, you and feel also good we have Smile too now. We have Amazon Smile. So oh, cool. they make purchase. We also get a small percentage um, from Amazon Smile. So it's a win-win really. There you go. And I just want to kind of start to... if wrap it up um i think that i'm just looking forward to a long this beginning of a long relationship with catholic charities and i've committed we and jerry and i've committed now to every time you get a new child we want to get the shoes that that way we don't have to get 56 at once to get all caught up right right that's it <laughs> yeah sounds like that'll be a little easier on everybody yeah yeah well we're, we're super excited to be working with you and i'm super grateful that you uh were wanting to work with us and get all these kids um shoes it's really exciting April, you know what? Uh, it, it, I'm, I'm, you do not, honey. I would if I worked at some place where we had to ID people to come in. You would get carted all the time. You don't look like you're old enough to buy anything. You know, whatever you're doing, you just keep doing. And Jenna, you know what? Thank I want to say, you know, I'm Jenna. I'm really proud of you because you know, I've, I've, I've you told us you shared with us, you know, part of your life. And I know what that's about. And I am really proud of you because you've turned your life around and you're making the difference in somebody else's life through your experience that you've had. And Thank you. uh, so you're, you're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. Well, all, having my son made it the easiest thing ever to do. It made it the easiest choice I've ever made. So it wasn't very hard <laughs> once he came well, you along. Know, you know what? That's a good move because, you know, <laughs> God did for me what I could not do for myself. And, there you, you know, that's, that's the way it rolls and that's the way it is. And uh, your child was, 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 was it. And uh, you know what? God bless you. And April, God bless you too. Thank and you. Mariah, God bless you too, Mariah. Hey, hey, Charlene, <laughs> God bless you too. God bless everybody here today. What about Mike from Fresno? Mike from Fresno. And Mike from Fresno. Yes, Mike from Fresno has his own Instagram. He has more followers on his Instagram. I'll have to look for him on Instagram. <laughs> oh, you find Mike from Fresno. Yeah. Okay. I'll check him out. Anyway, thanks again, you guys. And thank, thank you, you guys. Bye. Thank you.
Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the People Doing Good podcast. Thank you to April and Jenna. I'm just so touched by their work and their stories. And um, again, this is exactly what our podcast is about. These are people who, you know, they've been through some things as well. And and the way that uh, Jenna turned her life around and, and they are both giving back and they care so much about kids. It just was very touching. You know, it really was. And that that's what really, like you've been saying, and we've been saying all along, it is about people doing good. And uh, we need to hear more of that. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. And we just brought you two really wonderful people that are doing extremely good things for people. And they're making a difference in other people's lives. And that's what's very, very important. So, uh uh, I, I enjoyed listening to Jenna and April. I really did. I'm glad we had them uh, on our podcast. Me too. And if anyone out there listening would like to help support our collaboration with them and get a pair of kid, uh, pair, a pair of kid, a pair of shoes for a kid, <laughs> um, then we will add a link to our Amazon wish list and a link to the Shoes for Kids website where there's a donate now button. Um, there's lots of ways to help, and now is the time we need to help our kids. So. Thank you again for being with us on our People Doing Good journey. We're going to keep doing it. Keep it coming at you next week with another awesome person or people. And last but absolutely not least, <laughs> Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. All right. Today's words from Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Worrying does not take away tomorrow's problems. It takes away today's peace. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the People Doing Good Podcast. Thanks again. The People Doing Good Podcast is brought to you by Shoes for Kids. For more info, visit shoesforkids.com. It is created and hosted by Mariah Volk and Jerry Robinson. Produced and edited by Charlene Goto of Goto Productions. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your podcast media. Follow on social media at One Good Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Email us at peopledoinggoodpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time.